Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 43 of the ActorCast. Thank you so much for joining us today where you are learning the latest and greatest information on the entertainment industry from some of its finest experts. If you haven't already done so, head to ActorCast.fm and sign up for our newsletter. When you do so, you will receive regular emails on our upcoming guests, as well as learn about ways in which you could showcase your upcoming work. For today's episode of ActorCast, we actually have a familiar friend joining us. His name is Hank Schaub. And for those of you who might not have listened to his episode in season one, I highly recommend that you check it out. We talk a lot about script analysis. We talk about the importance of actors having strong work ethics. Hank also shares his most valuable advice that actors can take in their training. It's a great episode. I highly recommend just scrolling down a little bit in your phone and giving it a listen before you listen to this episode. So in this episode of ActorCast, Hank and I continue our conversation from earlier. And this time, we are specifically talking about the benefits of learning the craft of acting online. As many of you actors and writers and anyone else who's tuning into this show know, the pandemic really turned things upside down and actors more than ever are doing auditions, performances, callbacks, so many different things on Zoom, online, that they have really only done in a limited quantity before. Self-tapes have become the mainstream nowadays, and a lot of actors are actually booking roles simply through their performances online. So Hank and I really dive into the depths of the benefits of learning the craft of acting online as opposed to learning it in a traditional studio. We also talk about how acting online helps actors in the audition process. We talk about if actors need to be located in New York City or Los Angeles in order to pursue this craft professionally. And we discuss how actors can translate what they learn online to working on set in film and television. This is a very timely episode and one that I believe is really important for us as actors to be having in the day and age that we're living in. So if you like this episode, head to actorcast.fm. Please leave us a review. That would go a long way in sending and spreading the message of this show and what we are trying to do for this industry and educating all of our listeners on some of the best practices that they can implement in their careers. So without further ado, I will let Hank Shobe take things over. Enjoy this episode. A 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Actor Cast. Today, we have a familiar friend joining us. It is Hank Shobe. Hank joined us in the first season of Actor Cast and now is with us again in our second season. Hank, thank you so much for joining us on the show again. Oh, Patrick, it's so nice to be back. Oh, after being cooped up for a year with COVID, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's great. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. Uh, for our listeners out there who haven't yet listened to your first episode, I highly recommend them uh, going back and checking it out. We talked a lot about script analysis. We talked about the work ethic of an actor. We also talked about some valuable advice that actors could take when implementing, you know, just practices in their training. But today what we're talking about is really how this this pandemic has altered the way in which actors train. Uh, specifically, you and, and Penny have been working with actors a lot online. And now you uh, really have this strong belief that actors could, in fact, work better and learn better online. So I'm wondering if you could just use that as a jumping off point. What what are some of the benefits of learning the craft of acting online? Oh, this is what I've wanted to talk about for so long. The thing is, if you look at our business and we're, th we're theater oriented, that's where we came into, but we started working with people on television and in film. And now with all of the streaming, Apple TV, Hulu, um, the Disney channels doing theirs, Netflix, all of these shows and all these movies with incredible writing and incredible acting and actors that they're using. This is where all the real important work is being done now. And also, but when you think about it, whether it's for theater or film or TV, what is it, what does great acting come down to? It comes down to what is happening to the character? What are they feeling? What are they going through? What are they thinking? And bringing all these little, tiny, very precise moments that individualize and personalize the performance and that make it very, very interesting. And this is the quality the great actors have. They have all these other thoughts going on and they're thinking, about, and we don't know what it is, but their mind is just so busy and it creates all these moments along with Something Penny's actually teaching in a master class this week. They're working on planes of the face. When you're just doing a scene and someone says something and you have to react. Now, here's the thing. If I react and I look kind of up there, it says one thing. If I look one o'clock, it says something else. I look three o'clock, it sends a different message. Four o'clock. A different message and also if I were to turn my head a little bit and look there or you say something and then I react by there each little tiny movement like that adds and sends something to your acting about with what you're doing with a scene these little tiny things and it also what you're thinking and feeling all of these things come into play the only thing that matters is what is in this frame how are you working and how is your acting coming across right here inside this frame? So do you know how to work inside the frame to maximize the effect of everything you're trying to do? 
with what you're creating with your character and what you're doing with the piece you're doing? Do you know how to make every split second count to maximum effect by how you look, what you think, what you're feeling? But how do you do that? That's what all the great actors really know how to do. You watch them, they're different from all the other actors. They don't do anything that's going to detract from their performance. And they know exactly what to do and where to look and what plane of the face to look and where their eyes should be to create dramatic impact with every single thing they do. How do you teach that in a classroom? The other thing is I'm getting out there from our students, although our students, we've been teaching online, by the way, we started teaching online in 2012, not with the pandemic. Actually, we were the very first acting coaches to coach online. We had a program specifically designed with the denigrated the sound a little bit because that's what eats up the bandwidth. And we were coaching Back in 2000, we coached an actor who was on location, on set, in Australia for a movie. So we've been doing this, and so it's something we've worked on and getting our actors to understand how to do this and have them get good home studios so they can really do it. We've been doing it for a long time. But everybody said, I can't wait to get back into the classroom. I can't wait to get back into the classroom to learn. And actually, it's not to learn. We want to get back into that because we want personal interaction with people. And we miss that. And I understand that. But I want to caution actors about confusing that, wanting to have that personal interaction with actually learning and working on their craft. Those are two different desires, actually. And what's happening is, as we're hopefully coming out of this latest Omicron, uh, whatever it is, uh, variation and what it's been doing to us. And as that's starting to recede and we can start back up again, there's that wanting to get back, get back. And it's getting confused, but I can't wait to get back in class again as if that's the best way to study. And no, it's natural for us to want to be one-on-one, -on -one, to be able to shake each other's hand and see each other in person. I get that. But when you're in a classroom, there's also the distractions. There's a bunch of people. People are getting up to leave to go to the bathroom or opening a soda over there or somebody ruffles papers over there. And so you're not focusing on the actors and the intricacies and the little tiny details and moments that really make great acting. You easily get distracted. Plus the people are 20 feet away on the stage of the performing area. So depending on the size of the studio, they're anywhere from 10 to 20, 25 feet away from you, depending on your studio. And so how can you see the nuances? Yeah, this is amazing, uh, you know, that you bring this up because I think up until a little while ago, maybe six months to a year ago, I was definitely in that camp of, oh, okay, it's, it's much better in person, but 
as as you speak about this and as i i feel like i've 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 kind of learned and and developed in the craft myself as well you're absolutely right with regards to those specific moments working within that frame you're so much better able to see those moments happening on screen through a, a, a Zoom class, for example, than if you are in class with with a group of people. I, I absolutely resonate with this, that I think people are more excited just about that personal connection and that, that in fact, it is working online with regards to acting that allows you to have that focus because just because of how things are set up, that's all you really have to focus on in, in those classes. Yeah, exactly. And that's what actually makes it better. And the thing is, now that things have gone digital, online, it is not going to go back. It isn't. And you look out there, people are now doing plays. And have started little theater companies doing plays online. Because you can put a green screen up. You don't... The worst thing that's happened is it'll pop up green screens you can put behind yourself. They're too small. But to really do it right, you want to get yourself like maybe a, an eight foot high, ten foot wide piece that you can put on a wall so you can walk around and move like you're on a stage. Because it is possible to do plays with virtual backgrounds behind you where you're coming into a room, you're talking, and you're talking to the person and they're right over there, and the other person's in the other half of the screen. There's a technique to learning how to project your energy to that other portion of the screen that the viewers are seeing at home, and like you're in the same room. So we do plays in class, not just film work, to teach people how to do that and to be able to do the kinds of productions they're doing on Zoom. There's theater companies starting that are actually using that. But all your auditions are now on Zoom. Now that's opened up a myriad of opportunities. I'm wondering if we could speak about the audition process a bit, because I feel like obviously self tapes were around before the pandemic, but it's gotten to a point where that is the primary medium, especially for initial auditions. But there are also so many people out there who are booking professional gigs simply through performances online. So I'm wondering if you could talk with us about that. What has the process been like for you or for the actors that you teach in booking roles using the, the work that you teach online? Well, we coach people for lots of auditions and pilot things. We actually, we have an actor who auditioned self-tape for the special guest star role, which is the overtitle credits at the beginning of the show the big money guest star, and he got hired right off his self-tape. Wow. That's where it's going. And they're not going to go back because they can see many more people. They can see actors from all over the world, depending on their project. And the thing is, they don't have to be polite. When you're doing it in the studio, the caster, you come in, hey, hi, right, okay. And, they, and they're not going to stop you. You can be completely wrong for it, but they're going to let you audition and read and take all that time which means they can only see X amount of people. But when they do it online with self-tapes, they can turn that tape on and two... No, they're not right for that. It's not whether you're a good or bad actor, but no, you're not right for this. And just turn it off and go on to the next one. So they, but, and also, if the actor isn't good, they don't have to sit there for the whole performance. 
so they can really get through and then look at the full auditions of a lot of people that are really right. And if you look at the shows on, on the, that are streaming now, that are being written like Succession and The Morning Show, and the quality of all the actors are getting for every role, because they're able to look at so many people and get exactly the right person. And so they're not going to go back. They're not. But even theater auditions. Now, they're doing a lot of theater auditions where you do a self-tape, and then they weed it in and now call you into a room for the callbacks. And the, the Lord auditions, uh, Jeffrey Dreisbach from McCorkle Casting, they handled the Equity Lord auditions all online, live. Wow. And we work with Judy Henderson, and she... Loves it on, she loves doing in person, but she's grown to, and we helped, we taught her how to do Zoom and all this. And now she loves doing the first round of auditions on Zoom. Because she can see more people. They don't have to come schlepping all the way across town and get in there, and you don't have to have them waiting and worried about. No, it just runs so much more smoothly. So it is not going to go back. And also, there are people that are shooting short films and little independent films on Zoom with green screen, virtual backgrounds and you shoot the two characters talking and then you edit together and you don't know they were in two different places. They were at home shooting from their living room. You don't know that. That's amazing. So they're actually doing that. As a matter of fact, in 2020 when the pandemic hit, the series All Rise on CBS had not shot their finale. So they took the script and rewrote it so that the lawyers and the, all the different people could be at home and conversing and doing Zoom meetings like in a chamber with all the lawyers and the judge, but all in the Zoom meetings. So one guy's in his kitchen, one guy's... And, and they rewrote it to fit the Zoom. And, it, wow. and like one couple, one girl, they're having this conversation and flirting, but she's in her kitchen eating and he's out on his deck working out. And he's got his computer there and you see him in it. And, and they just took the scene and re relocated everybody and added a few lines to compensate for, hey, it's a Zoom thing. And it's on CBS. It was the finale of the first season. The, the show got canceled, but I'm sure you can still watch it. It was all shot on Zoom. The actors were all in their own homes when they did it. So we're going to, there's going to be things shot this way, too. So now actors must have a studio at home. And you don't have to spend a lot of money. Penny has... She got two ring lights that are about a foot wide that do three different colors, you know, like amber and white and then a little bit more bluish, and like four different intensities on tripods for like $20 a piece. And ideally, actually, what you want is four of those because you want to have a good green screen. Even if you're doing virtual backgrounds, it stops the funny bleeding. And you want to have two of the lights on the green screen behind you that light the green screen really well. And that's what makes it all really work so you can edit it and make it look real. And then two, two lights to light you. And then for your, for your auditions, give, the, that, give yourself just put in a nice neutral blue background with a green screen, you know, just set the virtual background and do it. So, but you have to have the lighting now. You have to have an HD camera. 
you have to have a green screen or a blue screen with chroma green, chroma blue, not your own favorite blue or green. And the, the screen has to be lit and you have to be lit. But you can do that for under $150. The camera I'm using right here, $39.95, no, $37.95 at Staples, and it has a ring light with three different levels of intensity. Uh, it's amazing. Well, and I think what's what's really great about what you're you're saying, Hank, is that there are that there are so many resources available to actors, especially in the digital medium. And I know you've been teaching a long time, and for the longest time, there was this mantra that if you want to pursue this career professionally, you have to move to New York City or Los Angeles, and Obviously, now people could send in self-tapes from wherever, but maybe sometimes there's actors that still feel like, oh, I should move to New York because that's, you know, I can make more contacts there or same thing for Los Angeles. But with so many classes now going online, would you say that that isn't necessarily something that is required of actors today? I, I would more than say that. First of all, Right as the pandemic broke, we had been hired to come over because we're well known for our on-camera classes and our green screen, teaching how to work on green screen. And the 18th Street studio in Australia, in Melbourne, had invited us to come over for two weeks and do a series of classes, of, of like four, three, four-day four classes in different locations where they do the studio on acting for green screen. And then the pandemic hit. So in the summer of 2020... We had our class. It ran for eight weeks. We taught on Sunday nights from New York. They went to class on Monday mornings in Australia. <laughs> it was live with a time <laughs> difference. And then we would do it, and then we'd edit the green screen so they could see their work. And they were there. Penny is coaching an actress who was on a TV series in Poland. She lives in Warsaw. And she's in a play on the equivalent of the Broadway for Warsaw and Poland. We also have a girl in Ireland the same way, people in London, people in Toronto, wow. Alberta, people in, Aust in Australia. We coach people every week all over the world and work with them. And they're working in their home areas, but studying with us. They don't have to come to New York. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and I think something too, now more than ever, the online world, Zoom, online classes has offered this opportunity to network and build relationships with people who are outside of your city and to not only build relationships and connections with those people, but to actually learn from them as well. As you were saying, teaching people in Australia and Poland and Ireland, it, it really is amazing just how the floodgates have opened with regards to this. They've opened, and I think producers are going to see it as a way to save money because they can, at home, uh, say a scene from Law and Order where it's a, uh, the cops are interviewing a guy in his office. Well, the cops can be at home with the background behind them or one of the walls, and the guy can be in his home, and they just make sure he has a really good camera, and maybe they send the lighting equipment to have it and a good mic to make sure they have the sound like they did with um, All Rise, and they shoot the actors in their locations, but they can see each other on Zoom, and then they edit it together. Now, a big complaint I'll get is, yeah, but I like to be able to see the actor I'm working with. 
I hate that, that I can't see. Because you know, sometimes you can't see who you're working with. Well, here's the truth of it. If, when you're doing leading roles and major supporting roles in film and television, when it comes time to do your close-ups, very often there's not even room for the actor you're doing the scene with to be standing right close to the camera anyway. So you're looking at a, at a mark on a piece of cardboard that's just off the lens, which is the eye line for where you're supposed to be looking, and you have to be seeing them and imagining how they're reacting, and that's the reality of our business. So when I hear, yeah, but I need to be able to see, no, you don't. Because in the real world, when you're really doing it, very often, actually, I think most of the time, you can't look the other actor in the eye and do it. Oh, yeah. When you're shooting your close-up, it's a camera. It's not the other actor. So don't give me, oh, I need to be able to see the other actor. No, you need to work on your craft so that you don't need to be able to see them. <laughs> Well, and that's like a whole other thing as well is like the, you know, aside from the the craft of acting uh, with regards to building a character and, and relationships and things like that. But it's also like that technical element as well is is making sure your performance is on point, even if you are looking at like that piece of cardboard that you were talking about. So it also exercises those skills type of skill sets as well, which is amazing. Well, if you think about it, when you look at how things are done, it really helps to understand how films are edited because ultimately it's an editor's medium. And if you want to make, and here's a little thing you probably didn't know, if you want to move up from doing one line to bigger to bigger to bigger, the people that first notice that you're really good and know, really know how to work inside the frame are the editors. And the editors tell the producers that, hey, this guy really knows what they're doing. So you need to know that. So I'm going to recommend a book. How to Avoid the Cutting Room Floor. Fabulous. The guy was an actor. He's been a cinematographer and he worked, was an editor. And he talks about what you need to do. And what I love is we have been teaching all of the things he talks about for almost 30 years now. Or 25 years now at the studio, which is why Krista Linkletter uh, had us teach it to her MFA program. We taught them how to work in front of the camera. There are things that the stars know and how they work in inside the frame. They're just so important. But the way it's done is you shoot your master shots and everything's wide, and then you come in and you do the mid shots. And then for everything really important, it comes in here in its head and shoulders. And you need to ha know how to adjust your performance for each thing. And here's an interesting thing. And I'm sure you've heard this. Oh, if you're coming from stage and theater into movies, into film, you have to really know how to turn your performance down and make it smaller for the camera. That is absolutely the worst advice ever given. Now, here is where having a lot of theater experience, though, really will help you. The frame. I'm back. Bigger frame. I can scream. If, I, if we're shooting a full length, I can scream and yell full gestures like I'm on a Broadway stage. Because I'm not going to go outside the frame. And then we come into the middle, in a little closer. Now I have to do and move the same way, but my gesture, instead of being way out, is not going to be in here, because I don't want to leave the frame. And I'm not going to yell as loud. Now we come in, say we come in here, a little tighter, 
Now I still have to be talking here and talking here at the same time on the same words and match for continuity everything and look like I'm moving, but you don't see my arms moving at all. And then when we get in, maybe we're getting in for a really tight close-up. Now I'm going to do the same thing and all my emotions are just as intense. But now I, I, if I turn to look at the guy here and turn to look at the guy, boy, that's way too fast. Now up in here, I'm going to look at the guy there. I'm just going to look at the guy there, and I'm just as mad, but now my, vo my volume of my voice is all good, because I'm matching my performance to the size of the theater I'm playing. The size of the theater hey. I'm playing is the frame in which I'm working, and every actor needs to learn on set go, excuse me, to the DP, or the director, what's my frame? And you, So you need to learn what you do in each size frame, what's appropriate, what's not. It's not making it smaller. If you have a lot of the theater experience, you naturally adapt your volume and the amount you project and also the amount you project with your performance from a Broadway-sized theater to a 500-seat theater to a 150-seat theater to a little 50-seat black box. It, your performance just naturally becomes smaller and more. Na not smaller, just what's necessary for the space you're in. And that's the same concept has to be applied for film and television and the frames eyes of your theater and I, it's it's amazing uh, and you know it's kind of a, another point for for teaching online because you have that opportunity to experience working with a frame and not only that too but the other people in the class could see that happening live and so they see when somebody's doing it right and they see when somebody's making a mistake and see where it is and then we have the, we can do playback right away and they can see their work right away. See, you missed that moment. No, look at the way you got that moment. That, that, that. Move your head, no. Move your head just about a half inch less to the left. Great, perfect. So they get to see what works for them, what doesn't. Our faces are not symmetrical. So one side of our face gives off a different kind of personality than the other actually. One of our actors who stars a lot of stuff, he figured that out now. And depending on the roles, he'll have them set up for all his close-ups, one side or the other, depending on what kind of character he's playing, because it enhances what he's doing. But th there's even more to it than that. But that's all these things you need to learn. And th this is what your favorite actors, all the big stars and great actors we admire, this is what they know how to do. And it's what sets them apart. Yeah, those nuances are incredible. And just that that ability to be able to transfer what you're learning online via Zoom to the film and television world, it, it's huge. And I, you know, too, we, we've talked a lot about all of these advantages that go into learning online. I know you said occasionally you still get some pushback maybe from either students or others in the industry oh, yeah. who who uh are, are are kind of against this way of teaching what what would you say are are the biggest arguments that people have against learning solely online and, and what would you say would be your rebuttal to that they find it impersonal and they can't see the other actors are doing the scene with and my rebuttal is, get used to it. That's why you need to be in a class. Because this is where the industry is going. And actually, it replicates. When you're doing a close-up, you can't see the actor. 
the skills you're working on are the exact skills you'll use in the exact same way when you're on set. You're going to, so you can work exactly the same way on set. You can't do that in a classroom. It's not going to happen. And plus, in theater, we can gesture and you can get away with a little bit of acting. And, and it still come across great. But not for the camera. The minute you start acting, the camera picks it up. And that's when, no matter how small it is, it looks way too big for the camera. Because it's not honest. <laughs> it's not honest. And it just grabs it. Right, right. And you have the instant feedback and you can hone the skills you absolutely have to have. And, gee, almost all of your auditions, at least the first auditions for every project you go audition to from now for the rest of your life, is going to be in front of one of these cameras. Why are you resisting learning and honing your craft and working in front of one of these cameras? It's your job. You have to learn your job. It's what we do now. And theater, I love theater and that experience is, is incredible. And I spent almost my whole career doing theater, but I had the good fortune of actually starting out. Actually, I didn't start out with film. My first thing was live television. I did a soap opera when they were still live. So you want scary? That's scary because there are no retakes. Now, oh, can we go back and pick that up? No, it just went out to 9 million people. No. And so, but those techniques, that's where they all come from. And this is where it's, it's gone too. And it has evolved from the Greeks. Theater has constantly evolved. Stanislavski kept evolving his teaching and changing it and adapting it to the needs of what the business was. Even Stella Adler and Lee Strasberg kept adapting because there was theater, all they did when they started out. Then all of a sudden there were movies and talkies came along and then television came in and that got faster. And so they kept adapting the wonderful acting techniques that Stanislavski and Weishnall gave us to make them work. And that's what we've done to make them work in the mediums we have to work in and with the speed that we have to work now. And you have to learn your craft to do all that and keep adapting. All this is, is the whole world of acting is going through another major transformation like it did in the 20s when Stanislavski first came over here and then the group theater picked him up and suddenly, oh my God, acting is going to be not presentational and grand. Now it's going to be really real and effective. And then movies, talkies came in. And now, oh, now how do you adapt the technique to work there? And then it kept adapting and adapting. And when I went came to New York, you rehearsed 12 weeks for a brand new show. Then it quickly went to eight. Then at some point it went to six, and now I hear they're trying to do a new show in four weeks. I don't know how you can possibly do that, where you get time to rehearse all the, and find all the nuances. You need time for that, for theater. So what we've done is we keep adapting. How do we use Stanislavski? How do we use Meister? How do we use Michael Chekhov? Putting them all together to work so you can use it in an efficient way in the new world, in this new thing. This is just, now with Zoom and where everything's going, it is just Another move forward to which all of us, teachers, actors, directors, writers, designers, all have to learn to adapt. But you can't say, I don't want to work in there. I hate that. No, it's where our industry's going. So 
Grow with it. Don't let it go on without you. You need to grow with it and adapt to it. It's been changing since the first theater was ever done. And it's constantly adapted. This is just another adjustment we have to make. Let's not make a big deal about it. Yeah, the the way you talk about adapting, I, I think that that is some of the most crucial pieces of advice that, that actors really need to pay attention to because it really is this evolving industry. As you said, it's happened before, it's happening now, It will, I'm sure it will happen again. Hank, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the show today to really talk about uh, not only the importance of learning the craft of acting online, but as we were just saying, the importance of adapting as an actor to, to learn to the changing times. I really want to sneak in one more thing before we close out. Yes, please do. I teach, here at our studio, I teach acting technique to beginning and intermediate actors. Really, how you break down, start the whole thing. But I'm finding working with them online because I can give instant feedback and they can look and see their work. They learn and get the fundamentals down and are able to start applying them much, much faster than they ever did when we worked in a studio. Much wow. faster online. So the whole process actually kind of accelerates and you learn faster and more thoroughly online than in a, in a classroom situation. As a teacher, I'm really finding that. Do you feel that's the case because it's just more streamlined and there's less of those distractions like you were talking about earlier? Less distractions, plus, you know, when you're doing Zoom, you can hit the record button. So we record all their scene work and then we put it up. So, and then we give them notes on here. Watch for this when you're looking at your scene. Watch for this, watch for that. So they have that instant feedback and they can actually see what they did in class and what they did right, what they did wrong and learn from it. And it's easy because it's all there. We don't have to pull down a screen and get out the projector and take a half hour setting everything up to switch, to show it in a classroom, which takes too long. So you don't really do that much. So there's that, that really solid visual feedback of being able to watch their own work. I was on Council on Equity way back in the 70s when they first started videotaping stuff. And they wanted to be able to videotape and act, act as that. No, 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 no. And then finally, well, okay, they can. But it has to be erased immediately after they see it. I mean, because nobody knew, wow. oh, they're going to barbecue. They're going to show it's on TV and what's going to... We, were, we were protecting the actors, you know, and trying to figure out how to put it in the contract so that it could be done. Because it was so new. And now... They do it all the time for Broadway shows. You watch and they video it so you can see what you did. And the director's notes make a lot more sense then. So it's, it's, <laughs> just, it's the same. It's been moving this way for a long time. It just got accelerated big time when COVID hit. For, for any of our actors who are tuning in today and, and may not have listened to your first episode, where can they find out more information about you, maybe the, the classes that both you and Penny teach? Well, there are two places. The first and foremost is our website, pennytempletonstudio.com. And it's designed to be very user-friendly. There's things on us. Every single class, if you go into classes, every class is there and you go in that, 
It describes the class, how to pay for it, how much they are, what the hours are, payment policies, and then you can click on another button, the week by week, week class curriculum, so you can see exactly how the classes break down. We have that for all our classes. We have acting tips, articles on things coming up in the business. And then we have a Facebook page, and a lot of that is not, we don't have it there. I'm not a Facebook person, but I do it so I can get stuff, because if you want to have a business page, you have to have a personal page. And all I do on there is share stuff I see about theater and acting and the craft from all over. And then, of course, I, we put up when our actors are working and doing things, like two of our actors are in films and they just won awards at Sundance, <laughs> things like that. So yes, we put those things up. But there's probably 10 things that are, oh, this actor talking on Benedict Potter, talking about Cumberbatch, talking about how he really created and got into this role. Oh. Anything I find like that, I just immediately share it. So you can find things about our studio there, but everything business-wise is done through the, the site. But it'll tell you a lot about what we do and how we approach the craft and our passion for it. Wonderful. And just by looking at the two, you'll get a good sense of who Penny and I are and what we're all about and what our studio is about. Great. Well, I'll make sure to include a link to those resources in our show notes so listeners Highly recommend checking out their website. I also highly recommend checking out their book, Acting Lions. I, I, was, I was telling Hank, I was telling you this last time we chatted. It's one of the best books on acting I've read because there's just so many great uh, practical tips and, and words of advice, just practical knowledge in there that you could really implement into your careers. So I also recommend checking that out. Hank, do you have any parting words of advice for our actors tuning in today before we sign off? Yes. After you watch this, go back and watch my other podcast because the biggest reason a lot of you aren't working as much as you'd like is because you don't understand the work ethic that artists put in. Dancers take class every day. Singers vocalize every day. Musicians practice. Actors I took an acting class. I know how to act. No, you have to do exercises and work on your class at least three or four times a week if you want to be sharp for every audition that comes along and want to stay on top of your game. You have to work as hard as all the other artists do. And the thing that you don't understand is your favorite stars, DiCaprio, Russell, they use acting coaches and they work that hard. They're always working at their craft. They're not off partying all the time. They take it really seriously. That's why they work all the time. Yes. Uh, what a great way to leave this episode with. And yes, to piggyback off of what Hank said, listeners, definitely check out that first episode with Hank. Hank, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. My pleasure, Patrick. I always enjoy coming back. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. You can head to ActorCast.fm and leave us a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. If you haven't already done so, sign up for our newsletter to get the latest and greatest information on upcoming guests, showcases, and much more. I look forward to catching you all in the next episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.